Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. We know your life will be changed for the better by listening to God's word. If you'd like to know more about Trinity Beaumont or contribute to our ministry, please visit www.trinitybeaumont.com. This is my good friend, Jeremiah. Everybody say, hey, Jeremiah. Uh, it's lovely. Uh, bride to be fiance on the front, Morgan. Uh, Aiden right next to him. And then, I'm sorry I'm introducing your team, Beverly. Anyway, I feel like you guys are family. Jeremiah told me, he said, I'm bringing, um, I'm bringing my fiance. And, um, and yeah, grandmother and brother. That's literally what he said. And so I just know that um, these guys, when they come, they're family. And so if, you're, if you feel like you're like, I'm, I'm not really sure what to expect this morning, expect the unexpected. Because how many of you guys know that, like, when family comes around, it's like, okay, like, this is going to be a wild ride. Like, I know that, like, there's going to be some fun stuff that he says that I like and then some other stuff that, like, maybe I don't like so much. But when we're, when we're here, we're family. So I bless you in the name of our Lord, and I thank you for the message. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wow. Everyone give it up for Pastor Andrew, please. Man. Wow. I always, uh, I love to see what a pastor would say uh, while taking up an offering because it shows his heart. It shows, it shows the heart of gratitude um, and it comes from a place of hope. And, and that's really encouraging because um, I was telling, I was telling uh, th- this church a couple of days ago that it, it talks about in Philippians 4.19 that my God supplies all my needs. And then the next part of the verse says that he, su- he supplies all my needs according to my needs. No, it doesn't? Oh, I don't know why. I just thought it was always my needs. We always look at this verse and we're like, God, I have a need and you're going to meet that need. We have $30,000 that we need for this building. Oh, wow, that's, I feel shy when I see my face. And you're going to meet that need. But in reality, the verse says that my God will supply all my needs according to his riches. Everyone say his riches. Not according to my needs, but his riches. And can someone tell me how, how much that is? Like, what's his riches like? No one knows that. That's right, Pastor. And so, because no one knows that, it's infinite. It's non-measurable. And so when we're believing for $30,000, we're actually believing for $5 million. When Pastor said that, I saw people take a step back like, oh, $5 million. I don't know how that's going to happen. Well, you don't have to know how it's going to happen. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It doesn't say lean on pastor's understanding. It says lean not on your own understanding in Proverbs 3. And Bill, the pastor back from the church I come from, he says it so beautifully. He says that if you want to receive the peace that surpasses all understanding, you have to give up. You need to understand. We don't want to do that. But today, I feel that, I felt this even before I came here a few days ago, that God was about to take away your understanding and give you his revelation. He's going to take away what you think needs to be done and what you think you need. He's going to give you his heart. Sometimes the things that we really think we need are things that we don't need. Who told you that you need it? 
He's like, oh, I really need this to come through. No, you don't. Because he will supply your needs. And so if there's something that he's not giving you right now, and he's asking you and inviting you into a journey to contend for it, it's going to happen. But you don't need it right now. And so I believe that today God is inviting. I actually felt this for you, sir. What, what's your name? Yeah. What's that? Barrett. Barrett, I felt that God was inviting you into a journey of intimacy with him like you've never experienced before. It's not, it's not, I see that you, you're going from someone who would come to church on a Sunday to a Sunday, and in your family, you're bringing Christian values, but his power is going to be released on your life. And from there, you will not be someone who um, is just a nice person. You'll be someone who's carrying the fire of God where you go. You'll be someone who brings the anointing where you go. And when you speak to people, they'll feel his presence. And so I bless you with that. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Man, his presence is here. Every time I come to this church, I've said this, I've given this word to this church twice before and I'll do it again. I look, I look at this church and I see portals. Every time I come here, I see, I see these portals and I don't see it in many churches. And I've, I feel that there's, there's parts of this church that has been, you've sown in prayer and you're reaping in glory. Amen. Like you've sown in prayer. And I don't know if you've done it, Pastor. You probably have because I saw you worshiping as well. Probably just stood there. And the church members just like prayed into this building. Into the church. Because the church is just going deep in his presence. Wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There is such unity when we sing together. There's such unity when we worship the one king. I feel that sometimes when, when someone talks on the stage, it's very easy to be distracted. It's very easy to, to go in a different place. But when worship takes place, for some reason you feel like you can conquer the world. You're like, like I'm good. I'm going to go for it. I don't know. How many of you have felt in the presence that I can go and do anything right now? You're like, I can do this. So why not just stay in the presence? Why, why should we get out? He says that I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. And that was a person saying it was Paul who said it because he was always in the presence. He didn't get out. That's why he was like, I can do anything. And we say that out of faith instead of belief. And God is changing our belief system now so that in every step of our way through our journey, we're always believing that I can do all things. So Holy Spirit, I just ask you right now, thank you God for your presence here. I just ask you to bless each person here, individually, God. Yes, you're the God of ma the masters, but you're also the God of the one person. You will always stop for the one. And I ask you right now to touch this church with your love. He's so personal that every single one of you can, can receive a different nature of him. And he still probably has a billion other natures to reveal. You're so good. You're so good. Yes, Jesus.
And God, you're so good. God, you're so good. And God, you're so good. You're so good to me. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, sing this out, church. In God, you're so good. Yeah, lift your voices. In God, you're so good. In God, you're so good. You're so good to His goodness is following you all the days of your life, says it in Psalms 23, verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. It's, his goodness is not like this, this, little, this little puppy dog that's running after you. It's not like this little, little, little puppy who's like, oh, come, come, come follow me. His goodness is like a lion and you're the prey. You're the deer, he's a lion. The lion very rarely misses his prey. He's going to get you. And when the Lord gets you, he consumes you like a lion will consume a deer. I know that visual may be a little off, but it's powerful because a lion would consume the deer and then roar over it. And that's what God does for you with his goodness. He comes after you. He runs after you. He'll never stop running. Sometimes we feel like where his goodness, we've left it behind. But just know that all you've done is you've turned away. If you turn around, he'd be right there again. His goodness will be right there. It's running after you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I know it's Easter Sunday and we're so excited that God gave his life to us. But we should never forget what he did when he was on the cross. It's never a bad day to speak about the cross. And so right now, I'm going to talk real quick about what the cross did for us. So on that day, there were three crosses. There were two thieves that were on either side of Jesus, and there was him in the middle. The first cross, I like to call it the cross of rebellion. It was a cross where the thief and the blasphemer was, was on it. And even as he was dying, he was cursing his way into hell. Even as he was going, he was teasing Jesus. And not teasing, but sarcastically calming, com commenting on the king of kings. And his heart was so hardened that he could not see the God of grace. And there's the second cross. And that cross was a, a thief with the same perspective. Sorry, with the same uh, deeds, with the same understanding of the crimes that he had done. However, his heart was softened that day. 
and he let the Lord touch him. Not by saying something. God didn't have to say something to him. Jesus didn't say something to him. But just by his example, he was changed. In an instant. And at any given point in our lives, we could be on any of these crosses. And sometimes when we're at the cross of rebellion, it does not necessarily need to be you backsliding. I was at the cross of rebellion a few months ago. I was like, Jesus, you promised. You promised that this was going to happen, and I feel so deflated that your promise is not coming to pass. Why do I have to wait till March or April? Why not now? If you can tell me something in April and give me a revelation, why can't you give it to me in October? And I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm rebelling. <laughs> and I was in that place. And what happens is when you're in this, in this, on this cross of rebellion, all you're doing is you're ranting and you're complaining and you're talking to other people and you're trying to find someone else who's in the cross of rebellion. You're like, if I can only find someone else and then I'll have them and then I'll rant to them and complain and they'll make me feel good about myself. They're like, it's good you're, you're fighting against Jesus. It's good. It's a good thing. That's going to bring you breakthrough. Let's keep doing it. You know you win. And if we're in that spot, we get to a point one day when we're so low that we have another option. We either can keep rebelling and keep getting stuck in that vicious cycle. Or we can repent. And when you repent, you begin to walk to the second cross. That was a cross of repentance. It was this thief that repented with his last dying breath. He said that, I'm paraphrasing, he said, I know that you're the king of kings. You're the son of the living God. Don't forget me. And he actually rebukes his friend, who he's probably known for years. He's like, no, don't talk to him that way. He defends the king of kings. And he repents. And it's only when we get to this spot do we give permission to Jesus. Yes, I did say that. We give permission to him. Because he's the God who gives us a choice, always. He'll never do something without either you asking or you wanting. You can't just be like, I'm just going to sit here and one day he'll do something. No. Ask him. He's a God. Ask and you shall receive. Or want and desire. And he gives you the righteous desires of your heart. But it's only in that place that we give God permission. When we're forgiving, we give him permission to take us to the third cross. And that's the cross of redemption. And in this cross, there's nothing wrong that takes place. Everything's great. Everything's, everything's beautiful. Everything's rosy. It's the Holy of Holies. We're, we're there. There's no pain. There's no sickness. Nothing feels off. Everything feels great. Like, I'm thriving. I never want to leave this place. I want to stand right here. But what tends to happen is what we don't realize is these three crosses, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. We don't want it to be a cycle. We're like, God, I was so happy that before I was 20, I was there. And 20 to 40, I was there. And now 40 years old, I am redeemed. But unfortunately, the kingdom doesn't work that way. It's a cycle. And what's crazy is that when you're the cross of rebellion or the cross of repentance, 
you can get out of those crosses in an instant. But what is hard and what takes time is the cross of repentance. So, sorry, the cross of redemption. To stay there. That's a process. That's a process that we need to invite the Lord to take us on. And so today, today, the Lord wants to show you what his true redemption could look like in your lives. You might be standing on this cross today or on this cross. But like I said earlier, you can get out of it just like that. I want to encourage you today that if you are in a, in a space of rebellion in your heart for anything that's going on, any breakthrough that you need, and you're like, oh, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm fighting against the Lord. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not glory gossiping. I am, I am, I am <laughs> evil gossiping. Like just talking bad about Jesus. Bring it to him and repent. Because when you forgive the Lord, he will give you the gift of redemption. And then you get to take it all in. And then when you're here, you get to remember and remind yourself what it felt like to be, on, to be in rebellion and to be in repentance. And there all of you get to have a message to preach. Everyone gets a message. That testimony of his goodness, when I was there and when I was here, the way he took me to this spot of redemption. That's it. Sometimes he takes you through the hard route. Like me. Some, some people are a little stubborn. Like I was. He takes you through a little hard route. So I was, I was here a few months ago. And I could not understand why he wasn't launching me. I was like, God, I, I think I did everything you said. I thought I, I thought I obeyed. I thought I was ready. I was, I was here since I was 14 years old, 15 years old. I've been, I've been preaching. I've been, I've been leading worship. And I'm like, now I'm 26 and I feel like I'm stagnant. And he said this to me. He said, son, you know how to wait on me, but you don't know how to wait with me. That's really sad. Like, okay, Jesus. So sometimes when we're in worship, we wait on him and then the presence comes. I don't know if you guys noticed it today. How many of y'all felt when when um Carrie, Carrie, I was gonna say Penyada, but that's her, that's her last name. Carrie sang uh, the song Jealous. How many of you instantly felt his presence? And it was there before that, but at that point there was a wave that hit us. And what happened in that moment was our waiting on him led to that breakthrough. And then all we had to do was wait with him. And then pastor, you stewarded that well. You stewarded that well and it kept going. And now it's going and going. And we're going deeper and deeper and deeper because we're waiting with him. But I didn't know how to do that until a few months ago. I was ready to go. And sometimes in your, in your life, when you feel 
like I, why am I at a stoplight when I should be going at 120 miles per hour? Remember that God is doing it to save you. <laughs> He's doing it because if you had to go at 120 miles an hour six months ago, you'd probably perish in like a couple of months. But he waits for the right opportunity to launch you. He waits for the right opportunity to give you your breakthrough because he sees the beginning from the end. He sees the end from the beginning. He knows everything. And so he is like, okay, I know you don't understand. Here's some comfort. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I felt this morning um, when I was praying about this trip and about, about this church, this is not a common message people preach on, a, on, a, on Easter Sunday, but I felt that God was going to give not just Trinity Church, but each one of you a vision. I'm not talking about a dream, that kind of vision, where you're like knocked out, sure, do that, Lord, do that too. <laughs> but I'm talking about a vision for your life, a vision for your season, a vision for this church. What you need to know is that there are very few visionaries in the world, but everyone gets to have a vision for themselves. And so even when you're in this church as a bonfire, and all of you have brought your, your sticks in to light up, know that that stick matters, and it, and it matters that you individually have a vision to add up the vision of the church. And then from there, we can take it on unitedly. Thank you, Jesus. It says in the Bible, in uh, Proverbs 29, 18, it says, without, without a vision, people perish. In a different translation, it says, without a revelation, people perish. And then in yet another one, it says, where there is no prophetic vision, people perish. And vision is so important because if you don't, if you don't know where you're going, if you don't know what's your goal and what's, what's the destiny, you don't know how to get there. And even as a church, even as, even as a body, it's so important for us to, to have an understanding of, okay, God, you're taking me there. Otherwise, we're just employees. Oof. This is family, so I, I'm, I'm allowed to rebuke myself and you guys. And God doesn't want us to be employees. He wants us to be, he wants us to be partners. And so what we get to do is we get to ask our senior partner where he would like to take us. And then we get to go the direction he tells us. God wants to give you a vision tonight. I would love for you, all of you to close your eyes for a second. And with us closing our eyes, we're going to ask the Lord for a vision for our lives. Fulfilling a vision comes from passion, not from position. And the vision needs to start from within. So tonight, today, this morning, God, we ask you that would you give us our vision right now? <laughs> if you want to give us our vision for the next month or this season, you have permission, Jesus.
if you want us to, if you want to give us a vision for the next decade or our life, you do that, Jesus. You know how much we can take right now. Thank you, God. And right now the Lord is speaking to you and he's showing you, for some of you, he's showing you dreams that you had as a little kid, little child. When you get this vision, I would love for you to take your phones out or take your books out and write the vision down. Because it's something you will look at a lot in your life. To keep a check that you're on the right path. For some of you, it will be a dream that you laid down and you're like, that can never happen. He'll supply your needs according to his riches. For some of you, it's something so new and random that you would have never seen yourself doing that. But he sees you doing that. God loves people operating and ministering from a place of weakness. Because only in that place can he breathe on and give you his strength. If you feel strong and ready and excited and all good, <laughs> you're not giving him any space to give you some of his strength. And so Jesus, I thank you for visions that are bigger than our understanding. For visions that we cannot even imagine, like Ephesians 3.20, something that we cannot ask or imagine or dream exceedingly abundantly that you would give us that right now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Wow. Thank you, God. Yeah, Pastor Cameron, you're getting a vision right now. Something that you've not known before. God is not only going to lead you to be a father of this church, but the father of churches. He's going to lead you to be a man who gets to come along people and leaders. And you'll give them their shoulders for them to be launched. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah. So when you're getting this vision, for the most part, it will always come from uh, a passion that you've had inside of you. That you've always, like, you're like, oh, I wish like this could like, I, I could do this. But another way it comes is it really comes from things that annoy you. So if there's something that you're like, I need to get, I, that needs to change. Like my, my fiance Morgan, she's awesome. I'm going to be married in four weeks. Yes. She, she has been, she's been so mad, so mad about what's happening in, in America right now. She's also been upset and upset is a very kind word to use, but with, with the sex trafficking. And so in that place, God has begun to give her a vision through her disappointment for what she's going to do in her life. And so today, what, is the, what are those things that, for the lack of better words, piss you off? What are those things that you're like, I need like, that to change? God's probably giving you a vision in that area. If you're like, I don't like the injustice done, injustice done to women, and you want to change that, 
That's probably what he wants you to do, to be in women in ministry. And so, Father God, <laughs> we thank you for the things that, we thank you for the wicked things that we don't encourage. The, the Bible says that God wants us to love righteousness and hate wickedness. We never thought that we could hate something. I thought, I thought hate is a very strong word for Jesus. He wants us to hate wickedness. And so the wickedness that we hate, God is about to give you a vision to turn that wickedness into righteousness. I feel that this church will actually open doors to a lot of people who could be considered wicked in the world. To a lot of people who are so lost that they have no way, they don't know how they can get back home. And I see this church being a place for the lost. Not just the lost people in the world, but also the lost people in the church. For them to find direction. And for them to find their destiny. Now here's a point that is, is very important. If you right now receive a vision or a dream that you could fulfill on your own. It's not from God. Try again. If you receive something that you're like, oh, I can do this. Even if you were like, I can do this with God. It's probably not from God. Every single vision that God gives us, when he gave Moses that encounter, when he gave Joseph that encounter, it's always for other people. It's always for other people. God gives us a vision to give out. He sets one man on fire to go light up a country. And so if your dream or your vision was something that you could do on your own, ask God for something bigger. He'll give it to you. God is not a small thinker. He thinks big. He thinks so big that it scares us for the most part. And when you're, you're discerning what your vision is, the three points were you, you look at your passions, what you like, then you look at things that you're, that you're annoyed with, what you want to change. And the third thing is that you go and talk to your leaders. You go and talk to people who you trust around you. Go talk to people who will give you true advice, who would actually call out the gold in you and tell you what you can learn and how you could improve. And choose your people wisely. Don't choose, don't choose friends or people that will pull you back. It's like this analogy of, of, the, of crabs in a bucket. If a crab had to, had to get out, it could. But every time, if there's, if there's like 50 crabs in a bucket, no one gets out with an open lid because the other 49 are pulling the one down. Don't be, the, don't be that person. <laughs> I don't want to be that person. Be the person who elevates and pushes the crap to get out. When we talk about David and Jonathan in the Bible, in, in, when Samuel talks about um, when, when David was, was in the wilderness and Jonathan went to meet him, he was not the crap that pulled him back, but he actually entered his experience. He was like, I'm going to be with you right now against my dad. 
who I know is not, is not doing what the Lord wants him to do. So he entered his experience and then he encouraged David to endure. He was like, you can do this. Let's go. So he entered his experience. He encouraged him to endure and he was not envious of his elevation. And I feel those three, those three aspects, entering experience, encouraging to endure, and not being envious, is what will help us elevate people. It will, is what will help us push people to their vision and their destiny and their purpose. Vision without action is dreaming. Action without vision is you passing time. But vision with action will change the world. And so if you want to be a world changer, which I know most of you want to, <laughs> get a vision and act on it. When God gives you a prophetic word, when he gives you a vision, very often we would sit back and wait. You're like, exactly. You're like, it's going to happen. Like, God's like, okay, if, if the prophetic word was, you're going to go through that exit door. And I'm like, yeah. Ten years later, I'm still here. Like, yeah, I'm going to go to the exit door. But what it looks like to steward your prophetic word is to get up and take a step. And then trust that he will take you through the door. But you got to take that step. And so whatever that vision was, if it was for you to be a teacher, if it was for you to go and evangelize to thousands, whatever that vision was, begin to walk on that journey. Ask other people who have that gift to help you. And then once you begin to steward it, God will, will give you a little boost. And then you'll be confident about where you are. And so I'm going to invite my team um, over. Okay. And what we're going to do now is I feel that God is not only going to give you the vision that you desire and that you've been asking for, but he's going to give you purpose with it. I was in the space a few months ago where um, I was so deflated. I didn't know why I was deflated. I felt the weakest I felt in my life physically, emotionally, and spiritually, six months ago. And I was like, what is going on? Like, why? It's like, I've done, I, God, I've been, I've been in this school learning about how do I steward your presence for the last three years. I've been doing it before that for 10 years. Why, is, why am I feeling this way now? And then one day, like, I, you know how I told you go to people who will call you out? <laughs> I lived with the family, and, and the wife, she, she looked at me, and she was like, something's, what, what is going on? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I, I, like, you know, when you don't, you don't know. I don't know why I'm crying all the time. I don't know why, why I can't be, I can't read the word for more than five minutes. I don't know what's going on. And she was like, I do. She was like, when you came and moved into our, into our home, you were so excited for, for your marriage, for, for the business you're going to lead, and for the ministry you're going to lead. And then something happened in a couple of weeks. And you were still excited about marriage, but business and ministry, that didn't excite you anymore. And I was like, what happened in two weeks? 
my parents called me from India. They, they lead uh, 10 churches back home, and they wanted us to, to be a part of, to lead their main church. And we were about to pioneer ministry school. And when they called me in October, they released me. And they said, everyone wants you back, but we feel you're supposed to be on that side of the world for a couple of seasons. And so, go do that. That excited me then, but what happened was I lost vision for the next five years of my life. Because I was excited to go back home to India. And so it wasn't me receiving a vision. It was actually me knowing and getting the revelation that I don't have one. When I realized I don't have a vision, I was set free. I was like, that makes sense. That makes sense. I went into a season for six months with having no vision and purpose. And so I asked him, and I kid you not, I asked him on the 31st of January and on the 2nd, he gave me my purpose for the next few seasons. He, he, he led me into launching a ministry for kids. He led me into getting so excited about our wedding that we're going crazy planning it and we're going to get married in four weeks. He led me into believing that I could do anything. He led me into planning this trip. It's all happened in the last few weeks. But it's all happened after me receiving, after me realizing I don't have a vision and me asking for one. And so if you feel today that, okay, I feel like I'm, I, don't ha I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know which way I'm going. I know I'm doing things right now and it's great, but I'm not thinking ahead. When you get ahead, if right now there's a lot going on and ahead there's nothing, it will feel empty. And so you ask the Lord for a vision to take you where you need to go. And if you don't have one, Begin to do things that give you purpose. What is something that you do when you do it? You're like, that, that makes me feel fulfilled. Not makes me feel good about myself, but makes me feel fulfilled. Feels like I'm, I'm doing what, I, what, he, what he destined me to do. And go and do that. Okay? Awesome. So I would love everyone to stand. And we're going to get our team to pray um, and just prophesy over a few people. If you, if you can't stand, that's totally fine too. Hello. Um, before we dive into some prof prophetic stuff, I actually would just love you guys to close your eyes really quick. So while Jeremiah was sharing... Um, the Lord was actually reminding me of just some of my own story with the Lord regarding dreams and visions. And I'm in my third year of ministry school right now with Bethel. And I was on my first year, I was partway through the year, when the Lord started giving me some really clear direction for my future. And it was the first time where it was kind of that thing. It was passions on one side that was my bumper and frustrations on the other. And he was starting to show me my lane for the first time. And um, all of the things felt really big. I didn't know how I was going to do them. And I had all these things treasured up in my heart, like, okay, these are some of my callings. These are what I'm meant to go after. And it was a year later, I was in Brazil with a team. We were doing the Send. And we had this 
um, this day set aside just for all of these teams to come together and get ministry. And Heidi Baker was there and Will Hart and all these phenomenal speakers. And they, they challenged us. They're like, guys, they said the men who planned the send where 60,000 people were going to show up the next day. They were like, this is the room where it started. And they said, this is really good ground to sow into. They're like, dreams happen here. And so they challenged our whole group that day. And they said, we would love you guys to start dreaming big and start sowing some seeds of your own. Like, there's history with the Lord in this room. And I was laying on the ground, talking to the Lord, encountering the Lord. And I felt like I had this huge mountain of dreams ahead of me that I wanted to do one day. And the Lord was like, hey, I need you to dream bigger. And I was like, bigger? This is already a mountain in front of me. Like, I don't even know how I'm going to get to these things in my life. And he's like, no, I need you to dream bigger. And he's like, picture your mountain. So I'm laying on the ground, and I'm picturing this mountain in front of me. I don't know if you guys are hikers, but when you hike, you, like, start at the bottom, and you look all the way up, and you're like, woof, we're going to get to the top of that. So I'm picturing this in my mind's eye, like, this mountain of dreams that the Lord's given me. And he's like, just look at it. And so I'm staring at the top of it. And I watch this picture change in front of me. And it goes from this mountain in front of me. I zoom out so far. And it turns to the tip of this iceberg. And there's this whole iceberg with this huge, way, way bigger than the mountain I was looking at underneath the surface of the water. Because icebergs, like 80% of them actually are under the water. So you don't see most of them. And he was like, Morgan, he's like, the top of your mountain, the dreams in your life, the top of your mountain is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more. There's so much more for you. And one of my favorite quotes is actually, the Lord isn't offended by you asking for the big things. He's offended by the small things. So when Pastor Andrew comes up here and he drops a $5 million amount to you, that doesn't offend the Lord. If, he, if Pastor Andrew came up here and he was like, guys, like we're hoping for 50 bucks to sow into our church, that's actually, those are the dreams that offend the Lord because they're so little because he's so much bigger than that. And so... Today, I just want to actually challenge you guys just to um, even just some of the things that Jeremiah said and even just the fact that that's what the Lord was kind of pointing me to in my history with the Lord. Like, there are big dreams inside of you guys. And so I would encourage you right now just to be like, God, like, what are some of the bigger things? How can you turn this any mountains in my life into icebergs? What is under the surface that I don't see? And one of the things I love, love, love about spring is plants and flowers and vegetation all pop up in areas you wouldn't expect it and you have no idea where life was growing that you didn't know all winter and as soon as you get the right elements suddenly life shows up in these places that you weren't expecting it um (laughs) I grew up on an acreage and we would get weeds in the most random places and I'm like nobody planted that how did that come there but um today I'm just going to pray over you guys that there would be life in areas that maybe you didn't even know seeds were planted at some point in your life. So Jesus, yeah. Jesus, we just welcome you here. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the leadership here, what they've stewarded, what they've poured into this place. And God, I pray that you would just come literally and sit over this whole group of people right now and that you would start sowing your dreams into the hearts of your people. I just declare over all of you that you are good soil. These dreams are not wasted on you. He is planting things inside of you that will bear fruit. And he has dreams, he's planted dreams inside of your heart that they're there for a reason. They're not there to taunt you, to tempt you, to be like, oh, you messed up in this area of your life so you won't get there. But 
like Jeremiah was saying, like he is a God of redemption and that is something he wants to do. It's resurrection like Sunday, you guys. So God, I just pray that you would resurrect dreams and hearts today. Resurrect dreams that maybe people laid down that they're not, they didn't know if they could ever pick them up again. So God, we say plant new ones, resurrect old ones and breathe on all of them. Breathe on all of them, God. You, sir. What's your name? Yeah. Yeah, just you. Mark. Um, that's amazing. God, Mark, I feel that God is marking you today. Just know, just like what you did right now, that when he shoots an arrow towards you, he doesn't miss. It's not going to go to the guy behind you. Sometimes you felt overlooked and you felt like it's for something, someone else. But God is saying, no, it's for you. Who was who next to Mark? Can you just lay your hands on Mark? Just, just there you go. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're the man that God has invited to go and tell people what their vision can be. You're an encourager. You're someone who when people get around you, they feel blessed. Even if you feel like you're not releasing a blessing, they're getting a blessing. And He's calling you to champion little brothers and sons. And to be the man that He's always called you to be. You may not have the biggest name, but you have a big God and a big dad. And I feel that from that place, he's going to release authority into lives. You, you have the gift of the impartation of gifts. And I know you've felt that before, but it's felt like you've not had the platform for it. Know that God is leading you to a place, I say this many times, but before you speak once to the thousand, you're going to speak to the thousand, thousand you're going to speak to thousand people one time. And so I just release that faith for you to go and, and impart the gifts that God is giving you for people. You're like Santa Claus. That's where you are. <laughs> like Santa Claus. People, you're a generous man. But now out of, out of what he's freely giving you, you're going to freely give. You're a generous man. I see you sowing. I see you being a kingdom financer. And with the abundance of resources he gives you, that you will pour out. So I bless you, bro. In Jesus' name. Uh, you that are in yellow, what's your name? Chris. Chris, um, I feel that the radiance of the Lord emits through you. When God sees you, um, it says in Numbers that, um, well, we all know the song, but it says, the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. And when the Lord sees you, it's like, it's like a grandfather seeing his kid for the first time. And the way he's excited to see his grandson. That's how he feels when he sees you, bro. You can't hide. You can't run. You're, you're that deer. He's the lion. He's coming. He's right there. Yeah. When you feel like you've been defeated, just know that even in that place, he's the God of your defeats and the victories. Yeah. God looks at you. I actually feel, God looks at you like, like Jacob. And he's like, man, Jacob didn't feel like he was going to do big things. But we all talk about him. And you're going to be that man who, even if you don't feel like you're going to do great things, you are meant for greatness and people are going to talk about you. So begin to step into that. 
I'm excited for what comes out. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Yeah, that was so amazing. I want to um, jump on to what Jeremiah said about you, to Chris. And the woman next to you, what was your name as well? Cheyenne. Are you together by any chance? My wife? Okay. So I felt that was so bang- amazing what Jeremiah said. But I also felt for you, I was looking at your t-shirts. And they're both like yellow and white. And like the stripes on yours were vertical. But then on the stripes on yours were horizontal. And I felt like... God was doing something really special in you both, exactly what Jeremiah was saying about today about vision. And I feel like, Chris, in this season, what's going to start happening is, and to a greater degree, you're going to start hearing vertically from God. It's like things, ideas about moving forward, making decisions, some kind of dreams on your heart, some promises you've been been believing for. Like, like it's going to be like, there's going to be vision and strategy for you. And then for you, Cheyenne, I felt like the stripes were vertical. Um, sorry, horizontal. And I feel like um, like there's going to be the practical ways to start implementing them. If it's like building finances or starting to um, like, um, I think, I don't know if you have a desire to like start bringing up people into your home and just like loving people and blessing people and feeding people and just seeing people encounter God. But I felt like there's going to be like the practical outworkings of that. Like you're going to start like um, getting those practicals. And I feel like, it, I don't know if there's areas where it's like you see, have similar visions, but sometimes like there's a clash between the way you think. But actually I feel like God's saying like, you actually complement each other so well in that whilst uh, potentially... There's vision and great vision from you, Chris, but Cheyenne, what God's saying over you, like the way you think and the way you can implement things is so phenomenal. And I feel like there's going to be this beautiful blending and like um, in like cooperation for you guys. And it's really exciting. So I bless you. I bless you. And then is, where's, is Rachel here still? Did she go? Where did Rachel, is Rachel still here? Where is she? There she is. Can you come to the front? I want to pray for you. I want to You can stand wherever you want here. But I actually, um, so I got to meet this incredible woman yesterday. Um, and it was a powerful time we had together. But I actually felt God put it on my heart to publicly um, just bless you and honor you in front of everyone as a woman who's going to lead and do great things for God. And I really feel like today's your day, like of an, an unveiling where you've been so faithful and you have, um, it's like you've been like David, you've been fighting, um, um, like you've been fighting bears and lions and tending sheep for so long. And you've come to the point where you've just been like, you know what, God, forget it. If I just kill um, lions and bears for the rest of my life, fine. Like that's what, if that's what it's going to be. And like, there's been like, at times, like there's been like disappointment and like deep disappointments. I've like, God, like, where am I going? I've been told this before and it feels like I'm just in the same circle. But God, I just feel him smiling over you. Like you have been so faithful and you've stewarded the things so well to the point where the dream and the influence doesn't even matter to you anymore. You just care about God and seeing people transformed. And I feel like God is unveiling you today. And I feel like there's going to be a big acceleration in the next 12 months for you where some of those dreams and, I, um, and that you've had from a young girl are going to start coming to life. And so I actually want to, in front of every single person here, I want to honor you and I want to say we believe in you as a powerful woman in ministry, a powerful woman who has a powerful voice. And I feel like, um, like there's actually a ministry on you, like a breaking anointing. 
like where you're going to start seeing people and praying for people and instantly they're going to start being free from years of pain, years of bondage, um, years of um, frustration and stagnant places. You're going to pray for people and see breakthrough instantly. And also I feel like people... You're going to pray for people and see people, and people are going to um, encounter like the presence of the Holy Spirit for the first time. And so I just want to bless you. And I want to say, I, today I pray, God, that today would be an unveiling for Rachel, that you would unveil her as a woman that carries the presence of God, that carries the power of God. And we just say, Father, that you, um, over you, we declare your story has keys in your story for th- hundreds of people, for thousands of people where they won't have to feel the pain and frustration that you went through, but we'll go straight into the arms of Jesus. So we bless you. We bless you. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can you all just stretch forth your hands towards Rachel right now? Yeah. Thank you, God. Yeah. Rachel, you... um, we're meant to bring tunes from heaven. The, the heart that you have for worship. And um, I just see God giving you rhythms and tunes that have not been heard before. Um, and you would write them down and release them here. I see, I see that's something that will um, not only build up faith, but it will build up trust with the Lord through what you do. Just like how you've begun to trust Him through that, you're going to release that trust to people. And so I just feel that there's a, a covering of um, brothers and of a father and a mother coming in your life uh, that will champion the greatness and the gift that you are. So I just bless you. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. You all can sit, please. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh, you, sir, in the pink. Are you, um, can you stand, please? What's your name? Ivan. Ivan, do you... Yeah, I love Ivan. Do you, I love your hair, by the way. Good, good luck. Do you, do you produce um, films or do you produce videos? What, what do you, do you, is there, do you do anything with production in your life? What do you do? Awesome. Is, do you have a heart um, to see, to raise creatives? Do you have a heart to see people um, just excel in their gift? Okay. I feel that God is going to bring um, people who have, who don't have, you don't have the skill that they do, but he's going to bring you to a place where you will coach them and you will um, believe in them. What people need is not someone who will mentor them all the time. They need people who will believe in them. And you will be that brother for people, for men and women, that you will believe in them uh, to, to see them rise up to be the, the gift that God has called them to be. So I just bless that heart that you have to encourage people uh, and to, to receive them as they are, you make people feel very seen and known. So keep doing that. That's, that's something that God has for you. Yeah, you'll be known as one of the, the, the best encouragers Houston has seen. Bless you, bro. Yeah. I bet you were surprised to hear that Jeremiah had troubles like that, right? Like, really? He had trouble? Did it give you a little courage? Like, well, maybe there's hope for me. And then you get this sweet little girl here. How could she ever have any any problems at all? But she was willing to trust God to go to the top of the mountain, and that was the beginning of all things. This is my teacher. I'm almost 82 years old. I'm a first-year student at, at Bethel, and she's my mentor. She's my third-year mentor. So when they asked me to come on this trip, I said, what 
Am I the trainee? Am I the mascot? What am I on this thing? You know, so they said, no, you're fun. I said, okay, that's okay. But I, <laughs> but I like to pray. And right now, I want to pray for the women in this church. I'll have you stand in a moment. But I just want to say to you, I was raised in Texas. I, I grew up all over Texas. I just kept growing up in Texas. I went to school in San Antonio. I taught school in Amarillo. I was on a dairy. I was telling Pastor Howard and Becky in, in Greenville. I went to high school in Victoria. I've been all around. But the thing that I see in Texas always that thrills me is hospitality, the manners, people care for each other in community. I've heard how lately, you know, you have the flood, people come around, they bring the sandbag, they don't run away and close their eyes and close their blinds. But the main thing that I see here that I'm thrilled is that prejudice is going away. In this church, I see no color. I see no color. I used to teach school in L.A. And I love these kids, but I can only reach them so far with music. I, did, I couldn't talk to them about Jesus. And there's no melting of color without Jesus, and you're doing it. Christina, when I met you, and Crystal, when I met you, and I see Precious Rachel, and you see us, India, Canada, England, Texas, you know, we're all together. So ladies, if you would stand, I'd like to bless you today because you are the key. You are the key. You bake cookies and you come on in and have sweet tea, whatever color you are, it doesn't matter, come on in. So Lord, bless these precious ladies today. Thank you for their hearts of hospitality to bring people in of every color and every race and every nation. Say, come on in. I don't have much, but what I have is yours. Silver and gold have I none, but I got something else for you. I got the Holy Spirit. So may they not step back at all, but be equal partners with their husbands in the faith and walk forward to the glorious place of inside of knowing you. You bring the beauty. You bring the finished touch to their life. It's not the outside how it looks or what other people think. It's because Jesus sees them and it's his crowning beautiful bride. May they walk into that destiny today and know I belong to him. And no one can take me down. No weapon formed against me prosper. May this be a resurrection day of them coming up into the place that you want them to take in the kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, who died and praised God, is it at the right hand right now praying for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, they're, they're, um, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> thank you, God. Um, is there anyone here who is, um, July 5th means something to you? July 5th, the 5th of July. Anyone? What is that? Is that something for you? Okay, could you stand please? Thank you, God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. God has a call for your son. And he loves the way you raised him to be a man after his own heart. 
yeah, I feel that the Lord is, is going to give you an upgrade in your relationship and your marriage. That you will be for each other, not against. That you will have each other's back at every step. I see, I see new creative way, ways of loving on each other. I feel that God is going to give you purpose. I feel that this morning what we were talking about, um, especially you, ma'am, I feel God is giving you purpose. He's giving you, he's giving you an understanding of who, who you were meant to be. Yeah. God has restored men through this man in your life, but he's going to restore a father. Yeah. He's bringing fathers around you to surround you, to tell you that you're beautiful, to tell you that you're smart, to tell you that you're wise, to tell you that you can do anything, to not talk you down, but talk you up. Because he talks you up. Yeah, when he sees you, he, he's proud. And don't let anyone tell you anything else. So today I feel that there's, there's you're raw because you're open to what he's going to do in your life. And when you're in that space, he can do anything. <laughs> there's no holding back. So I want to encourage you to dive in to what he's saying even right now. I know it's my words, but it's his spirit. And I pray that as you go home today, that he will begin to tell you the things that you're going to do, your next steps. And that you will be known as someone who relies on him for everything. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, for faith. Yeah, I feel that there's, there's a fear for uncertainties and a fear for the unknown that you experience a lot. But I feel that God is giving you the gift of peace to trust him when you don't when you can't see that's what faith is yeah Mark can you pray for her thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit is a is a drama here or did she leave yeah oh okay oh hi 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 you can you can sit right there if you want your name is Gabby hi Gabby I felt um there's, there's things that women feel that they can't do and you have broken through that. And I feel that you're going to, you have like, like I know you were talking about Rachel with the breaker anointing, but you have that breaker anointing to teach people about the God of the impossible. And so I want to encourage you to, to share more of your heart and share more of your opinions and what you think and call people to a higher standard. I feel that you're, you're, once, you're someone who would not, would not take crap, but call people to a higher standard. And I see that, that boldness and courage that you have, that David had to slay Goliath. And so I want to I encourage you to, when you see that giant, not just in your life in front of, your, in front of yourself, your, your face, but also in, in your lives of your peers and the people around you, that you help them slay that because you have that boldness and the courage to do that. And then you'll see the Lord elevate you to be king. Yeah. You're, you're not less, you're more. Sometimes when you feel in, in a room that, oh, I feel like I'm too much, so I got to take a step back. No, press in. Because he's made you that way. He's made you someone who would communicate and be a messenger. And you get to step into that. Yeah. So I bless you in Jesus' name. Yeah, so good, so good.
Um, wow. Oh, isn't this so good? So fun. And how powerful was um, Beverly's word for the women? That was so powerful. She's one of the most incredible women I've ever met. And so I feel that that word held so much weight. But I want to pray for um, these two girls here. Are you sisters by any chance? Could, would you be okay standing for me? Is that okay? Oh, you guys are so sweet. What are your names? Ella and Kylie. Wow, that's crazy. So Kylie, yeah, for you. So Kylie, I felt for you like, oh my gosh, you are such a leader. Like there is such a leadership on your life. And I'm not sure if you have friends and it feels like um, sometimes like a lot of friends just come to you and they trust you with things like what they're feeling or what they're going through. And it's like, oh, it feels like a lot of times like people ask me for like, like they trust me or they feel safe around me. But then sometimes it feels like potentially you come into different places and um, like you feel lots of different things. So like you potentially feel like if it's in school or if it's like church or if it's different places, like you feel different emotions. And it's like, oh my gosh, sometimes it feels overwhelming. And sometimes it feels like, oh my gosh, these things, are they me? Like, oh my gosh, am I dealing with this? Or it's like you feel you're totally fine and then you walk into a place and it was like, oh my gosh, now I feel anxious or I feel angry or whatever it is. And sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, is this me? Am I crazy? Or like, but it's actually a gift God's given you that it's not um, attached to your identity when you go to places and you feel things and you're like, oh my gosh, like, am I crazy? Like, is this, what, what's happened to me? What's going on? But it's actually God because you're a leader and he's given you a gift to see and feel what people are going through around you so that you can shift the lives of people around you. So no, it's not, so whenever there's voices that say like, oh my gosh, like you walk in, it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm re- uh, like if you feel anger, it's it's actually not you that's angry. There's nothing wrong with you, but actually it's God saying, "Oh, I'm trusting you with this person and this is what they're going through." And you get to say, "Actually, this isn't me, but actually I am going to if that person's anxious, oh, I get to bring peace to this person." And there's actually a, a leadership for you that actually people trust you because they feel safe around you. And actually, God's going to allow you to feel what others feel so that you get to bring solutions to them. And so, yeah, I just, oh, I bless you, Kylie. And we met a Kylie yesterday, and it, was, and it was very similar, like a big leadership. So that's on your life. You're amazing. And then what's your name? Ella. Oh, you're so sweet. I just see all of you. I feel like, I feel like God's saying for both of you, like, you have to stick together. Like, no matter what you do, always stick together. And I feel like you're going to be like the band of sisters. I know we hear like the band of brothers, but you're going to be the band of sisters. And I feel like God's saying like always stick together because maybe you, I don't know if you guys think differently about a lot of things. And like sometimes I'm like, no, I think this, but actually, no, I think this. Or like, no, this is right. But actually, no, this is right. Like, no, we need to go here. Actually, no, we need to go here today. Or no, we need to buy this. No, we need to buy this today. But it's actually like you complement each other so well. And like you were meant to be together to link arms because what one of you can do um, that will have a certain amount of effect. Two of you will have a, a t- like a 10,000 moment effect. There's a scripture that says one will put 1,000 to flight, but two will put 10,000 to flight. So the way you complement each other in ways you think and the things you do, actually I'm going to have big breakthrough for people around you, specifically friends and youth and even some of the creative ways that you think, Ella. I feel like you're very creative. You have a, um, you see the details people don't think. You see the details people don't see with like clothes and like um, 
what people should wear and how they should look excellently. I feel like there's a really creative eye that you have and God's given you that gift because you're going to go into places and I feel like there's, there's actually lots of people in this room um, that are going to go into special places but you're going to go into really special places that lots of people aren't going to be able to go into um, because you've actually got eye for excellence. So a lot of people in church, we think, you know, like we, if we're Christian, we just have to go to church and like that's all we can do. Like we can't go into do any music. We can't go into fashion. We can't go because they're just bad things and we have to stay in church. That's actually a bunch of rubbish. But actually what, what you're going to do is God's given you an eye for excellence and creativity and you're going to go into these special places, into places with like fashion and places with like music and people are going to ask you for their advice, for your advice. Like how do I, how do I, um, how should I dress for this? Or how should we, um, like how should the band look for this? And you're going to be able to bring your creativity and excellence to guide them and point them to Jesus. So, yeah, can you open up your hands, both of you? I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, Jesus, I thank you for Kylie and Ella. I thank you for the gifts that they are. And God, Holy Spirit, I ask right now, even on their hands, they would just feel your presence right now. God, that you'd be so real to them. Thank you for your love. Thank you that they are so amazing. You're so proud of them both, that they are such incredible women. And they're going to special places and that they would always stick together through the good, the bad, the ugly, that they would always walk hand in hand. Jesus' name. And are you the parents by any chance? You guys are raising world changers, giant killers. So I want to honor you guys. Bless you. Oh, bless you guys. Oh, you're amazing. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to go really quick. The lovely lady with the red hair. Could you stand up, please? Hi. What's your name? Christy. Okay. I have a really quick picture and word for you. Um, first thing I actually felt like I needed to say to you was, you are worthy of being called out. You are worthy of being seen. And when I was looking at you earlier in the service, I actually saw a little picture of, you know, in the olden days when they would send mail and like the king had like a signet ring and they would like pour the wax and like push it in and you would know like, oh, this is officially from the king. That was actually the picture I saw over your head. And um, heard the phrase, break the seal. And I think um, it's a message from Jesus today to you, but you carry something inside of you and it's meant to be broken and opened. And I don't know if that looks like something you're made, meant to release or something you need to break out of, but whether it's a box you put yourself into or something that you're like, oh, I don't think I'm qualified for this, worthy of this, huge part of my story is I disqualified for years. I didn't even need the enemy telling me I couldn't do things, it was me doing it. And um, I think there's this thing inside of you that needs to be broken. It's like you've had this sealed envelope inside of you and for a really long time and you kept it safe. But it's time for the seal to be broken and for whatever's inside to come outside. So whether that's creative dance or singing or whatever that looks like, arts and crafts, literally anything. I feel like there's a creativity thing on you, but it's time for a new season for you. And so for today, literally today, when you walk out of church and leave this place, it can be walking out being like, this is a new day for me. I can start deciding who I am today and step into that and change who I am for the rest of my life. So I just bless you, and I just instill just hope and courage inside of you, and we say you are a box breaker. You're a box breaker first for yourself, first and foremost, and then you're going to actually help other people do that, and you're going to impact and change lives that same way, okay? Bless you. And the lovely gentleman in the purple shirt over here, could you stand up, please? Hi, what's your name? David? David? Okay. 
Amazing. We met amazing Davids on this trip. Um, I looked at you earlier and heard the word plum, which felt a little strange. And just this week, my nephew actually was helping his mom and they were canning plums. And that was the first thing I was thinking of. And I was like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to say? And the thing about canning is it's a preservation process. And you take something that has a short shelf life and you turn it into a different product, but it has a long shelf life. And I feel like you carry, um, there's something like, are you a writer at all? No? Okay. Have you ever thought about it or dabbled with it or? Okay. Yeah. I was thinking there's something on your life, David, that's meant to be preserved for future generations. So writing was the first thing that came to my mind. I'm a writer. But there's something inside of you where you have wisdom, you have revelation, you have stories that aren't just meant for this generation right here, right now. So I would ask you and challenge you to partner with the Lord and ask what that looks like to have parts of your life and things that you carry that can be preserved to literally be handed down through the generations. So in the Bible, people were so good at telling stories or they would set up monuments. Like when they crossed through the sea, they were like, oh, let's build a little monument. So when we pass by with our future generations with kids and they ask, this can be, oh, this is what happened. This is what the Lord did. And there's this thing inside of you where you need to create things that you can pass down for the generations. So even if it's a storybook or something and it starts in your family and you make more copies and it goes out, something, you have things worth saying, you have things of value and things that aren't just going to impact these people, but future ones as well. So I just bless you with that. And we say your legacy, we just call forth your legacy and we say that there's so much inside of you. And so we bless that and say your legacy will actually shape history and it won't be anything up further your family line. We just break things off and we say it starts fresh, it starts new and it starts with you, David. So we bless you with that. Okay, we are going to close. So if everybody could stand, we will just pray for you all really quick. Y'all, I'm trying to get that lingo, y'all. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Yeah, everyone put your hands out real quick. Thank you, God. And if you want to close your eyes, you could. It helps focusing sometimes. Hmm. Praise the one who set me free Death has lost his victory Thank you, Jesus There's salvation in your name My living home Hallelujah Praise the one who set me free, hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me, you have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. Out of the darkness, 
the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me then came the morning that sealed the promise your burying body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me oh jesus yours is the victory yes god <laughs> hallelujah Oh, hallelujah, praise the one who set me free, hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me, you have broken every chain, there's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Oh, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Yes, Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you are our living hope. You're the only hope, God. You're the only true hope. You're our living hope, Father. Thank you for the morning, God, when you sealed the promise. Thank you, God, for that morning. Thank you. Today, years ago, you sealed the promise. Thank you, Father. And you've never gone back on that promise, God. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to bless everyone in this room, to, to encounter them with your love and your presence and your touch, God. Yes. Give them a touch of heaven, Jesus, right now. And as they go out of this place, that God, they may take that touch with them. That anyone who encounters them will encounter you. And anyone who comes in their path, in their way, will feel you, will see you, will receive a blessing from you. And God, most of all, I ask that may we never forget what you did for us on the cross. May we never forget what you did when you died for us. And thank you for coming back to life, God. Thank you for who you are. Yeah, just begin to say thank you. Begin to put a thankfulness on your, on your lips. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. It always leads to joy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. privilege, what an honor, Lord, that you, you see someone like me, God. You're mindful of us. I thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for the vision. God, thank you for purpose. value and esteem you, the words that you've spoken over 
over us, over this church, over this body, over uh, individual family members, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the more. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Where's your team at? Across the room? That's all right. Lift your hands towards Jeremiah and his team as they're ministering here. God, we just thank you so much for the message (laughs) of vision that you delivered to us, Lord, and and the vessels that it came from. Lord, I pray and ask that you would cause what they have poured out to be, um, that would come back to them in a a double portion, God. God, that uh, the way that they honor people that they know nothing about, would come back to them, that people would um, come across their path and release things, give things, gifts, words, um, treasures to them, Lord, as they have uh, freely given to us, so it will be freely given back to them. We just bless them right now. God, with safety, as I travel back, and um, just for uh, the anointing to be even stronger, in the uh, other services that, are, that they're going to be a part of. We bless this guy's future marriage, <laughs> his family. God, even his family back home, their homes as they unite. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Whew. Thank you for unity. Carers of unity, man. You guys are carers of unity. I love that. Bless you guys with that. trouble breathing, now's your time. Uh, the air of heaven is in this room. I can, it, it's so tangible. Just breathe deep. If you've been burdened, feeling um, it like in your head, whether it's from sinus or otherwise, I believe that the air of heaven, the fragrance of heaven will bring freedom into your your heart, into your home, into your family, just by breathing in this air. Now for joy. (laughs) (laughs) 
sit back down for just a second, um, because I know that um, we bless this guy with uh, words and just with our our time and how we're blessed by his time. Um, If you want to sow into uh, his ministry, um, they're going to bring some buckets up front. I know I told you to pass them, but I'm just going to ask, you know, whatever you have to give. uh, If you don't have any cash, um, that's okay. You can give on the Church Center app. If you don't have the Church Center app, what you need to do is take out your phone. Um, do I have any uh, givers in the room? Um, I need the other one, please. Um, so if you don't have the Church Center app, um, you'll want to just text the number 84321. There you go. It's a pretty easy number to remember. Anyways, make sure when you text this number that you um, don't put in an amount that your bank account doesn't have. So if, if, if all you got to give is 50, that's okay. That's enough. Um, if you got 500, that's cool too. Like whatever the amount that God has placed on your heart, but make sure that you, whenever you type that amount, that you put guest speaker. Otherwise, we'll just take the money. We'll never know that you wanted to give it to Jeremiah and his team. Um, and they'd be so honored to receive whatever you have it is to give. Even if it's just a handshake or a hug, they would love that. Uh, yes, Aiden loves hugs. It's like, they're like creepily like loving hugs right now. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I just, I just want to hug you, man. Okay. Um, how many of you guys, this was fun, right? Did anybody not have fun? Like, I'll like give you your money back if you gave us something. Like, if you didn't get something out of this, man, like, I'm so sorry. Um, they're going to be back. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, at 3.30. Yeah, I know. That's like an hour. Uh, it's two hours and 20 minutes. So if you need to go home and rest and you don't want to come back at 3.30, that's okay. Because they'll be back tonight at 6.30 with Freedom Crusades. Yeah. So um, bring the lame. Bring the sick. Bring, bring those who, who are in need of finances because I'm believing for, for an open heaven, for uh, just miracle signs and wonders. Uh, but this afternoon is going to be a little bit more intimate. Um, so if you just want to get a chance to kind of hear some of their stories, um, that's going to be the time to do it. But um, without further ado, uh, well, well, hold on a second. If you need to get, come and give, come and do that. And if you already gave um, electronically, um, I'm going to pray over you guys as you give. So just feel free to come. If you got checks, uh, make sure you probably already finished writing it. So it should have come to Trinity Church and we'll know that it's in this bucket that's going to our guest speaker. So God, thank you so much for each and every single seed. God, I just thank you that um, that you are so much bigger than, than our ability. God, I just thank you so much for the, these loving guys who came um, all the way from California to just bless us, Lord. I pray and ask that from these seeds, God, you wouldn't just bless them financially, but God, I pray for souls. I pray for the lost to come into the kingdom. I pray for, for freedom to be manifested, not just in others' lives, but also their own, that God, you would bring freedom into their families, into their own homes, into their own minds, God, the places, the dark places, God, that, that seem unreachable, that, that seem hard, God. I pray that from our offering to you, God, that you would meet their needs above and beyond so supernaturally. Lord, it's in Jesus' name that I pray. And everyone who believes it said it, amen. 
Come on, I'm excited. I just, it, it amazes me that, that just from the simple act of obedience that God would do so much more than just um, multiply finances. So, all right, without further ado, you guys know what's up. Let's go. No, 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 no. Come on. What, what's happening? Come on, stand on your feet. Shake it out. Come on. Turn off the glory jello. Nobody's going to shout about it when there's glory jello on. All right, come on. Are you guys ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Let's go. Love people and lead well. Have a great week. You guys are dismissed.